But today I want to talk about uh, fighting for genuine relationships. And uh, everybody needs genuine friends. And the people that didn't say amen right there, they need to hear this message today. Amen. I wonder, how many of you agree? We all need genuine friends. You know, you got fair weather friends, but we need genuine friends. Right. You know, fair weather friends is like they come around when you got some money. Like whenever I was lost, I had friends that I found out the only reason why they were friends is because I could help them get high. And then when I no longer had drugs, I no longer had them as friends. I didn't I didn't plan on saying this, but somebody needs to hear that this morning. And so someone wisely concluded that no one is wealthy enough to do without true, genuine friends. Right. So we need friends. Father, I pray that you'd help us today. God, just to uh, just to embrace this truth that we need genuine friends. Father, I pray, anoint me to teach your word, anoint the ears and the hearts that are hearing the word today. And we thank you ahead of time for what you're doing in us and through us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Way back in the beginning, in second chapter of the book, the good book, the Bible, in Genesis chapter 2, God made this statement. He said, it is not good for man to be alone. Now, obviously, in the context of what he was talking about, he was about to create Eve and create the union of marriage and create the family unit. But I believe that principle, it's not good for man to be alone, goes beyond just marriage or family. I believe it has to do with how God created us, is that we need social relationships. We are social beings, relational beings that needs relationships. Everybody does. I heard it said that it's the wise man or woman that surrounds himself or herself with genuine friendships. You know, one of the greatest challenges, though, is building genuine friendships. How many of you, how many of you experience that? It's one of the, one of the most powerful things you could ever have in life is genuine friendships but yet is one of the most challenging things you can ever embark on is developing genuine friendships. And uh, some people have no friends, no person they can count on, nobody they can rely on, nobody that they can, they can say it, that person is a true friend. And that's why we just want to talk about that. We just want to talk about it today because I believe that one of the greatest blessings in life is developing true friendships. And so the question is, why is it that some people have no friendships? Why is that? Well, I believe some people, the reason they don't have friends is they don't see the value of it. They don't see the need for it. And why, why would I need that? I mean, life is complicated enough. And so I believe they have a wrong mindset. But, you know, some people don't have friends because they don't have the ability to develop genuine friends. And, and I believe they lack the relational skills to do so. How many of you know that you got you to gotta develop some relational skills to develop friendships? And some people, they're, they're like a relational arsonist, man. They just go around just lighting fires everywhere they go. And so we don't want to be that. How many of you know that's, who, that's not who Jesus wants us to be? He wants us to develop genuine friendships. But some people, the reason why they don't have genuine friends 
is because they've been burned in the past. And so they're wounded and they're afraid to get close to anybody. And so they're living life pretty lonely because of their past experiences with relationships. Listen, many people find it quite challenging to build friendships because sometimes there's major barriers standing in the way. And so this morning, I want to just talk about how do you build genuine friendships? And I want to kind of unpack some of what we just talked about. And so why do we need to worry about investing in friendships in the first place? Well, let's talk about that. I want to give you some reasons why. Number one, the first point has to do with that wrong mindset. And the first reason is to help us grow spiritually. You know, obviously, you know, Jesus died so that we could have life and have it abundantly. But, you know, Jesus established some principles and he's established uh, uh, an environment that helps us to grow spiritually. And one of those those environments is to get in relationship. Romans 1.12, Paul said, when we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. Now, Paul was this mighty man of God. And he's saying, I need to get around you because you're going to encourage me in my faith. So I believe you cannot become Christ-like or develop spiritual maturity without the help of the interaction of others. You'll be limited in your spiritual growth if you don't get around other people. It might seem like it's easier, but it's not going to be in the long run, it's not going to be the best thing. The bottom line is spiritual maturity can only develop in the context of relationships. That's why whenever you read your Bible, most of the Bible has to do with two relationships, your relationship with the Creator and relationships with other people. Because that's the main, that's the main value of the kingdom of God. Listen, it's relationships. Heaven is about relationships. You say, oh, no, I want to prophesy. I want to lay hands on the sick. It's about relationships. Amen. So we have to realize that, that we need to get in relationships so we can keep growing spiritually. You know, I think of it like this, like whenever I, before I got married, I thought I was pretty spiritually mature. And then I got married. I don't need to say anymore, right? Y'all can all fill in the blank, right? So a second reason we need Friends is for emotional support. You know, there's 58 one another commands in the Bible. Love one another, encourage one another, support one another, accept one another, serve one another, and on and on and on. All of these one another commands in the Bible, I believe God gave us primarily for the purpose of emotionally supporting one another. And so if you don't do the one and others, you don't get the the blessing that God has designed for us to get. In, in Galatians 6, 2, it says, share each other's troubles and problems. And so obey our Lord's command. Share each other's troubles and problems. The Bible clearly states that whenever we, the body of Christ, function together and we share life together, we are going to help each other out. We're going to be emotionally supportive. Amen. Listen, I tell you, whenever I go through a traumatic experience and I have a crisis in my life, one of the first things I want to do is go to church. 
Why? Because I got a family there and I know I have some people there in church that love me and that are concerned about me and are going to support me. Are y'all with me today? Amen. The third reason we all need friends is for better physical health. You know, studies have proven that people with close friends live longest and they're happiest and the healthiest of everybody on the planet. People with friends. The people that live shortest are people that are loners. The people that are are unhappy are people that live their life by themselves. But when you get in the context of relationships, it just helps. One of the reasons we need friends is because friends help us overcome the negative experiences and the emotions of life. Amen? I mean, how many times have you ever just shared your heart and somebody says, man, let me pray for you. You know, I believe that that's one of the... James chapter 5 and 16 says, admit your faults to one another, pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous man has great power and wonderful results. And so what happens if you don't take time and make the put in the effort to make good friendships is you're going to forfeit the blessing that God has for you within the context of relationships. Does that make sense? God has ordained the body of Christ to be supportive and to encourage one another. And that's why when people badmouth the church, I want to badmouth them. Are y'all with me? And what really gets my goat is whenever a preacher gets up in the pulpit and badmouths the body of Christ. You're talking about the bride of Christ, dude. Hello. Are y'all with me out there? It's, he's coming for his bride. Who's his bride? Who's his bride? The church is his bride. Hey, you can mess with me. Don't mess with my wife. Right? That's the way I feel as a human being. What do you think Jesus feels like? It's the, it's the power of Satan that tries to diminish the value of the body of Christ and the family of God. And I feel just as passionate, just just burning fire in me this morning to say, listen, the church was God's idea. It's still God's idea. And it always will be God's idea. And you and I as a body of Christ need to support and strengthen the body of Christ. Amen. All right, I got that off my chest. Let's go on now. Now, let me read this verse. Ephesians 4.16 says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Amen. A fourth reason we need friends is for social enjoyment. The Lord said, It is not good for man to be alone. When God said that, He meant it. He meant it. It's not good. Friendship is the foundation of a satisfying life. You know, you can have, you can be as successful as you want to be. You can have money like nobody's business and you can have material things like nobody's business. You know, I've seen people, they got more stuff. They got more money. They got, they got more than all of us combined, but they can't buy a friend. They can't hardly buy a friend and they're not happy. They're miserable. What good is it if you got a million dollars, but you don't have a friend? I'd rather one dollar and a lot of friends than a million dollars and no friends. 
It's not good for man to be alone. When you have friends, the joyful experiences of life are heightened and they're magnified. When you don't have friends, the sorrowful events of life are diminished and lessened. You got to have friends. Amen. You know, I was visiting uh, with a young lady or, or not a young lady, a young man, a young couple. They just had their first baby. And so I said, man, I'm so excited for y'all. That is awesome, man. That must have been a tremendous experience whenever that baby came, right? And, and, uh, and I was surprised at his response. And he said, well, it was bittersweet. I said, what do you mean it was bittersweet? Well, he said, obviously, we were ecstatic about having a new baby. But he said, you know what? He said, we didn't have any friends to enjoy the event with. We didn't have any friendly and we didn't have any friends. And you know what he was saying is that, man, it was fun, but man, we'd have been a lot funner if I could have just high-fived somebody and said, man, we got our first baby. But isn't it true? I mean, those of you golfing, I mean, you could go golfing, you could hit a hole in one, but who's going to believe you if you're playing by yourself? Amen? You can't even tell nobody about that. They're not going to believe you. are a liar. You're a liar, man. That, that was all in your mind. That ball didn't really go in. But come on, if somebody's with you and they saw it, man, remember when we played golf? Let me tell you, they'll tell that story a thousand times, which I would too if I got a hole in one. Amen? But are y'all, are y'all getting, gathering what I'm saying here? You know, listen, the bottom line is life will be much more enjoyable in the context of relationships rather than living it all alone. A fifth and final reason we need friends is for personal enjoyment. Or personal achievement, excuse me, we just talked about enjoyment. You can accomplish more in life whenever you get connected with other people. You know, they, you know, they realize that, that uh, just as it takes a team to realize a dream, you know, sports has figured that out. You know, really good players have figured that out. It don't matter how good they are. They can't win a championship by themselves. They need a team. You can accomplish more if you got a team. You can accomplish more. You can reach your destiny in, in the relationships of other people. Listen, if your vision for your life, your dream for your life can be accomplished by yourself, your vision is too small and your dream is too small. You need to get a bigger dream and a bigger vision that will incorporate other people. Amen. Come on. Come on. You need to get into it. You need to lock arms with other people and you need to dream big. Amen. But you know, Ecclesiastes 4 says this. Two people are better than one because they get more done by working together. You get more done. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Why do we need friends? Friends make us sharper. They make us sharper mentally. They make us sharper emotionally. They make us sharper relationally. And some people, they don't want friends because they say, man, man, I just, I get frustrated with people, man. I just get tired of people. Well, they sharpening you. Come on. It might feel like sandpaper, but they getting you better, man. Come on. How many of you know that? Come on, it's, sometimes it's easy to get along with you. It's whenever you get around other people that the problems start, right? And so listen, some of us are not as sharp as we could be because we haven't had the genuine friendships to help us get sharper. Friends sharpen us as iron sharpens iron. And listen, you know, we don't like it whenever we get around people that perturb us, that grade us. But you know what? In the long run, you become a better person by getting around people like that. 
Amen? Mark 6, 7 says, He called His 12, this is Jesus, He called His 12 disciples together and He began sending them out two by two, giving them authority to cast out evil spirits. Now the question is, why did He send them out two by two? Perhaps it's because He knew we can do better together. We can do better together than we can all by ourselves. Amen? So the whole point, whole point is for us to mentally realize that everyone needs genuine friends. Sure, you can get by without it. But remember, I, I, I think that relationships and friendships are like having a savings account. You don't care whether you got a savings account until you need. But whenever that tire blows out, a savings account is a blessing from the Lord. Amen? But you can, you can spend your check as soon as you get it. But baby, whenever you need, you realize the value of a savings account. Amen? Come on. Y'all agree with me? If y'all agree with me, say amen. And relationships are the same way. Whenever you get in the hospital and you need somebody to help you out, that's not the time to realize you need a friend. Come on, you need a friend before you get in the hospital. Amen? You need a friend before you have that baby and you have no one to celebrate. Are y'all getting this this morning? Are y'all hearing me this morning? We need each other, brothers and sisters. We need each other. And that's the whole point of us talking about this this morning. So where do we get genuine relationships? Well, for those of you that are here this morning, you just heard on the video announcements, we have a growth track. You know why the growth track? One of the main purposes of the growth track is so that you can learn more about how God gifted you and you can get plugged into the body of Christ and start serving with other people and get in relationships. Amen? One amen right there. I might need to preach that point again. But here's another, another, you know, we've been, we've been talking about for the last three weeks, life groups, life groups, life groups, life groups. I told you, I got a wife in life groups, man. Now, for all of you single people, <laughs> but, you know, some of the most precious friends that I have is because of being in life groups. It's just getting in a small group context and making friends. Listen, nobody has enough time to do that stuff. Everybody's life is busy. But it's one of the greatest investments you could ever make. You know, it's just like people say, I don't have time to exercise, man. I'm going to get me some boudin. <laughs> well, listen, one of the greatest investments you can make is get in shape physically. Amen. And relationships is the same way. It's one of the greatest things that you could do is get into life groups and, and build relationships. And listen, by the way, you could start your own. You could start your own. You could facilitate your own small group. You got a few friends, gather them together and say, man, let's meet on a regular basis. Let, let's, let's build our relationship. Don't be a loner. Can I just tell you something this morning? Don't be a loner. Don't live your life all alone. Develop relationships. I know it's difficult. I know it's hard. But I just want to encourage you. 
Develop relationships. Did y'all, did y'all receive that this morning? Come on, if there's anything else, I feel like I could close in prayer right now and just say develop relationships. I, I wish we could have time to just have some testimonies of people that have been ministered to in the context of relationships. We wouldn't have enough time today to be able to do that because of the value is so great. So get in growth track. Get in a life group. Gather some of your friends and start your own. Just let Miss Dixie know we have training, we have material, we have, just, just do it, amen? Come on, it's like Nike. Just do it, amen? Now, how do we build genuine relationships? You know, remember I said some people, the reason why they don't have genuine relationships is they don't think they need it. But for some other people, as they realize they need it, they just struggle to do it. And so how do you develop genuine relationships? Well, let's talk about that. And this point has to do with developing the skills necessary. And, and the greatest, the greatest counsel on building great relationships is found in Matthew chapter 7 in the Sermon on the Mount in verse 12. It says, do for others what you want them to do for you. This is the teaching of the laws of Moses in a nutshell. You could ball it all down. Do for others. It's the golden rule. Do for others what you want them to do for you. In other words, treat others the way you want to be treated. Come on. If you remember that, treat others the way that you want to be treated. How do you like to be treated? Treat other people like that. Amen. Be the kind of friend to others that you want to be a friend to you. And if you just sow that seed, if you want friends, show yourself friendly. Amen. So that means you got to learn how to smile. That means you got to learn how to be nice. Amen. Now, let me just, just talk about just quickly before we go, six ways to be in, uh, to, to build or develop. I think it's six or five, something like that. Number one, Learn to be an encourager. Learn to be an encourager. Everyone wants to be encouraged. How many of you like to be encouraged? And so let me help you with that. How many of you like to be discouraged? Everybody likes to be encouraged, right? And so learn the skills of an encourager. You know, I've noticed with kids, if you get around kids, some kids, they walk in a room and they meet an adult and they look at them like that and they're like, where's mama? They, they, they immediately don't feel the vibe of an encourager. But then other people, they walk in a room and they go, it's like, man, they're already sitting on your lap in just three seconds. Come on, and me know children are very discerning. And children are attracted to encouragers. Isn't that true? They're attracted to encouragers. You know, in fact, I've noticed that I'm attracted to encouragers. How about you? Are you attracted to encouragers? I mean, how many of you can't wait to get to work on Monday morning and look for that discourager? Can't wait to get there. Nobody, because everybody likes to be around encouragers. You know, and I, I miss Miss Gail. I see her sitting over there. She's she uh, she was a receptionist here, and I find myself want to go hang out at Miss around Miss the receptionist area because Miss Gail always got a good word. Miss Gale has encouraged me and Tanya more. I mean, listen, she's, she's helped us more. How? Just saying, that was a great message. And I thought, that was a lousy message. But she'd smile and say, that was a great message. I'm like, thank you, Miss Gale. 
Thank you, Ms. Gill. That was terrible. But, you know, I'm just thinking about, you know, Mr. Earl, Mr. Earl Parfait. Man, I, I love getting around Mr. Earl because he's always got a good word. He's, uh, if he's told me one time, he's told me a hundred times, Todd, you're a great leader. Really? You think so? Why do, why do, I like to, why do we like to be around encouragers? Because life has a way of discouraging you. Life has a way of just taking the wind out of your sails. And so we all like to be around people that will build us up, that will encourage us. And you know, some, you know, sometimes we got the erroneous, the erroneous idea. Well, if I encourage them, they're going to get puffed up. Well, just let God deal with that. You just encourage them. Amen. Come on. We need encouragement. Amen. So 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. You know, somebody said encouragement is like oxygen to the soul. The more you get, the stronger you become. And so as parents, I know we got to train. I know we got to correct. But man, we need to encourage, right? You know, I like what Mark Twain said. He said, there's only 18 inches between a slap on the back and a slap on the posterior. But oh, what a difference those 18 inches will make. <laughs> amen. Can y'all say, can y'all say amen together here? So those who develop the skill of encouragement, I think, will never lack friendship. They'll never lack friendship. Because people want to be around encouragers. A second skill developing genuine friendship is expressing genuine appreciation. Nothing warms your heart more and motivates you more than someone says, thank you for doing that for me. Appreciation is putting value on something or someone that has done something for you. It's being thankful for, for what others do to help you. And, and, and in our society today, there's, there's less and less appreciation that goes around. And uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Be joyful always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Be thankful. Show appreciation for what others do for you. Amen? Because it will always help you develop genuine friendship. You know, don't take for granted what people do. So I think that people want to be appreciated, and the more we appreciate them, the more... They'll want to be our friend. Third skill developing genuine friendship is learn to be a good listener. People want to be listening to. I'm telling you, like right now, I like to be listened to. Whenever I see people messing with their phone and stuff, it's just like, okay, hello. Hey, would you slap that person next? <laughs> you know? Tell them to listen to me. I'm, I'm trying to talk. Amen. And so I heard it said that, listen, a deaf ear is the first indication of a closed mind. When we genuinely listen to people, it gives the message that we care, that, they, that the person that's talking has value. So listen, listen. You know, I, I, a couple of weeks ago, did I see Renee and Grady here today? Did I, I thought I might have saw them earlier. But a couple of weeks ago, uh, we went to, Renee Tortoff's dad passed away, and we went to the wake. 
And they had a number of people that did eulogies. And man, Pastor Brandon and I were talking about it after. I felt like I needed to get saved after that eulogy. You know, talk to Renee, and Renee, man, she just spoke so highly of her dad. Her brothers spoke so highly of her dad. Co-workers, people in the church, they spoke so highly of their dad, of her dad. And, and one after another, they said, man, whenever you talk to this man, you felt like you were the only one on the planet. He would look at you and listen to you. He would give you his undivided attention and you felt like, and he was this big wig in this all company, but you know what? You would never know it. It didn't matter who you were. When you got in his presence, he just listened to you. Man, everybody wants somebody to listen to. In fact, people pay big bucks to get listened to. And so if you just learn to be a listener, you can build great friendships. James 1.19 says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry. James says we should be quick to listen and slow to speak. Most of us just do the opposite. We're quick to speak and slow to listen. Now I'm talking about me. I don't know if you fit that category, but... But I think the reason is we're more focused on ourselves than we are on other people. And so we just want to let everybody know what we think and our opinion. But somebody said, you know, God gave us two ears and one mouth, and he would like us to listen twice as much as we speak. Amen? And, you know, I heard someone say, hey, as long as you're talking, you're not learning anything. So if you want to learn something, start listening more. Amen. Are y'all, am I doing okay? I have a feeling Tiny's going to pray, play this message for me Monday morning. Say, man, I heard this great message, Todd. You ought to listen to it. <laughs> See, that's what's good about relationships. Iron sharpens iron. Hey, turn that TV off. Put that remote down. Put that phone down. I'm talking to you. Amen. Our fourth skill in developing genuine friendship is to learn to love unconditionally. Everybody can love conditionally. It's learning to love unconditionally that makes the difference. In fact, Jesus says, love your enemies. If you love those that love you, what, what good is that? Even heathens can do that. But we should love unconditionally. Listen, loving conditionally is when you love because you're desiring something in return. And so people will love you because they want what you can give them. In fact, they'll, they'll shower you with appreciation and, and all because they want, they're self-motivated. But loving unconditionally or loving conditionally is when you're loving because you're desiring something in return. Loving unconditionally is when you love without any desire for anything in return. The motive is totally unselfish. And so I believe that we got to learn to love unconditionally. Because some people, as soon as they find out there's a little character flaw in you, that's it, they're done with you. Well, man, how many of you feel like you, you're done? If, if you... If your friendship is based upon how well you perform, I mean, gee, 
That's tough. How many of you glad Jesus don't love you like that? Amen. And aren't we supposed to be like Jesus? So how do you love unconditionally? What does that look like? Well, let's let let's let the Lord help us with that. Let's let the Bible help us. First Corinthians thirteen four. Love is patient. Love is kind. Kind. Let, let me read. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, and love never fails. There it is. Now, I didn't get permission to share this, but I'm taking a risk that... that um, I'm loved unconditionally. But but during prayer and fasting, one of one of the, the sisters, one of the ladies in the church shared something that the Lord spoke to her in a prayer meeting. And, and she was sharing with me after. And she was just talking to the Lord and said, Lord, what, why am I failing here and why am I failing there? And the Lord said to her, it's because you're not loving like you should. Because love never fails. And man, while she was sharing this revelation the Lord gave her, I mean, I got convicted. Love never fails. And so you follow that train of thought a little bit. This love has the ability to reconcile damaged relationships. Unconditional love has the ability to help you get along with anybody, even that person that's hard to live with at work. Amen. I need a better amen. Love never fails. And so listen, unconditional love has the ability to heal the most strained and bitter relationships that they are. And so here's what I took away from that revelation that the Lord gave this wonderful sister. Whenever I'm having a problem in a relationship, I'm not loving, un- I'm not loving unconditionally. If I can love my enemies... Why can't I get along with a brother or sister in this church? Something wrong with my lover. Right? Something's wrong with my ability to love. And so, if you love unconditionally, you're going to be able to make friends because people are going to appreciate the mercy that you extend towards them. And so I know I can tell I need to move on right here. A fifth skill to developing genuine friendships is to learn to be a good forgiver. Learn to be a good forgiver. People who get easily offended and hold grudges will have a tough time building friendships. Forgiveness is the material that great relationships are built with. I'm going to say that again. Forgiveness is the material that great relationships are built with. Amen? Listen, Jesus has won hundreds and thousands of friends across the globe. How did he do that? Not because he was easily offended and held grudges. He's built hundreds of thousands of friends because he forgives. He's a great forgiver. Amen? And so listen, if we want to build great friendships, we got to learn how to be a great forgiver. Amen? I remember when Brother Francis and Miss Babs were up here and we, we did a Q&A 
And I remember Brother Francis said, yeah, he said, we've been married all these years. He said, Babs has been a great forgiver. Babs has been a great forgiver. I think if we're going to build great friendships, we've got to learn to be a great forgiver. Amen? You can't develop great friends without being a great forgiver. Now, the question is, how do you learn to forgive? Takes me to the last question. Now, listen, let me just stop just a moment to say, relationships are difficult, aren't they? And uh, you get involved in church, you're bound to run into a buzzsaw. Because we're people. And we got issues. Hey, did you know you have issues? Yeah. You know how I know that? Because I got issues. And I think you built to the same material I'm built with. You got issues. Because I got issues. We all got issues. But we need to learn how to get along with our issues. And as, listen, as Bible-believing children of God, you should be the best relational person at your workplace. Come on, as Bible-believing people, you should be the best relational person in your neighborhood. Come on, I need a better amen than that. Come on, we got the relational one that's helping us. Amen. So, and then here's the last point. How do you learn how to develop great relationships? The secret to building genuine friendships is found in Jesus Christ. How, how do you learn to forgive those who hurt you and get out of the lonely corner? How do you love people unconditionally whenever they're, they're constantly doing offensive things? How do you become the kind of friend that everyone wants to be around? This is how you do it. Jesus said, 19, Matthew 19, 26. Jesus looked at him and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Amen. Come on. How many of you know with God, all things are possible? The Lord is able to give us the grace to forgive those who have wronged us. The Lord is able to give us the grace to forgive the sins of those that have sinned against us. He's able to give us the grace to love. Listen, in the natural, we can love, un we can love conditionally, but we need the grace of God to love unconditionally. Amen. That's how you love unconditionally. It's through the grace of God. Amen. Come on. I believe the Lord wants to help us build greater friendships, greater relationships. Don't you agree? Would you do me a favor and let's stand together this morning? How do you build, how do you build friendships? He who has friends must show himself friendly. Jesus is the greatest friend that there ever was. There's a verse that says that a friend sticketh closer than a brother. Greater love had no man that he laid down his life for a friend. That's what Jesus did. He laid down his life for a friend. Would you just bow your head with me for just a moment? And I, I believe that those of us that have the toughest time building friendships is those of us that have been hurt the most, have been wounded the most. 
that have been rejected the most. And the only place you can go to get healing is in the presence of God. Jesus is the healer. He heals the brokenhearted. He binds up our wounds. He helps us to overcome conditional love. He helps us to get past focusing on people's faults instead of their positive traits. He's the only one that can help us become a better person, a better friend. We need His grace. Wouldn't you agree, saints? We need His grace. Come on, how many of you feel this morning, I need God's grace. Man, I need His relational grace. I need I need His love. Come on, can you, do you feel, do you sense that need this morning? Do you sense that, that need to, I need Jesus to help me this morning. Come on, let's just open up our heart and let's ask the Lord. He's the lover of our soul. We need Him to love us. We need, we need Him to give us that grace to learn how to, to, to be a friend, to be a, 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 a true friend, a genuine friend, not a fair-weather friend a friend that is loyal, a friend that is faithful, a friend that is trustworthy, a friend that is confidential. Father, I pray this morning in the name of Jesus that you would release your grace over this place. Lord God, I pray help us, Father. Help us to learn, Lord, to be relational. Help us to be strong relationally. Lord, help us, God, to overcome our fears and overcome our wounds and overcome rejection. Help us, Lord, to learn how to get along with the most difficult. Lord Jesus, I pray that God, you would just place your hand on us today. Lord, I pray strengthen us relationally. We need each other, God. We need each other to grow. We need each other to mature. Help us today. I thank you, Lord, for releasing your grace over this place right now. Come on, some of you, maybe this morning, you just need to change your heart and say, Lord, I forgive. I release the offense. I release those that offended. Listen, some of you might just need to, Lord, just tap in to the mercy of God right now and just begin extending the mercy of God towards others. Come on, there could be reconciliation in marriage, in, in family units right now, in, 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 in uh, relations between parents and children and children and parents and children and siblings. Come on, there could be relational healing within this church today that those that are at odds could get along. Father, Lord, release your blessing. Release your favor. Release your anointing right now over this place. Fill our hearts with your love like never before. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. With man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now listen, before we go, if you're here today and you've never become a Christian, you've never given your life to Christ, you're going to struggle with your relationships. But this morning, Jesus is offering you an invitation to get in relationship with me, with Him. He's, he's inviting you to get into a relationship with Him so He can help you become more relational. If you hear today and you say, Todd, I don't know for sure that I'm a Christian. I don't know that I've ever really seriously given my life to Christ. 
but I, I feel the need to do that today. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and just raise it high? I want to pray specifically for you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. There's two hands. Anybody else, just raise your hand. Raise it high. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be bashful. This is your day. Anybody else, just raise your hand high so that I can see it. Now, those that you raised your hand, just pray this prayer. We're going to pray it together as a family. Say, Jesus, thank you for being my friend and laying down your life so I could have you as a friend. Jesus, I need you. I'm asking you to forgive me. I need your help. Would you help me? Would you fill me with your love? Jesus, I surrender to you. I give my life over to you. I want to be a Christian and I want to live my life for you. Thank you, Jesus, for accepting me into your family. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. Listen, those of you that prayed that prayer, raised your hand. There's a card in your pew that says, I made a decision. Let one of the let one of the pastors here or the altar workers here know about that. Bring it into the info center. We have a gift for you, a Bible if you need one. Welcome to the family of God. Amen. Let me pray a blessing over you as we dismiss. Father, thank you for your favor. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your grace. Fill every heart with a double dose of the love of Jesus so that we can be carriers of your love as we go through these doors today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God bless you, you're dismissed. Have a great weekend.